Welcome to the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast, bringing you weekly discussions designed to help you grow your business and create the lifestyle you desire. Elevate your business with proven strategies from CPAs and business advisors. We discuss real-world challenges solved with actionable steps that get you real results, both in business and building the life you desire. Welcome, and thank you for joining us for episode number 77 of the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast, brought to you by PJS & Co. CPAs. Today's topic is the power of extraordinary customer service. So we're talking about how taking the risk factor out of your services or your products can impact your sales and client retention. And the fact that retaining clients is a much more efficient way of growing your profit than gaining new ones. So here to join me and help discuss this topic is Jamie Staley, partner here at PJS and Co. CPAs. Welcome to the show. Hi, Megan. Glad to be here with you today. Yeah. Thanks for joining me in the the craziness of the beginning of summer here as we record. Yes. (laughs) Schedules Uh, of kids. Crazy kids, dogs. (laughs) Yeah. Lots of Lots of fun changes this week. Yep, yep. So listeners, you'll have to forgive any uh, background noises you hear here as we record here in our houses. So we want to talk about extraordinary customer service. And it, while it sounds easy sometimes on the surface, typically in practice, it's it's not quite as easy. And there's some things that we want to share that we found along the way that help measure and keep things on track. So before we get into the topic completely, I want to throw out some some statistics as we were putting this episode together. I found a Forbes uh, article from 2018, and there's been multiple studies done about customer retention, client retention, and how that impacts sales. And if you've listened to any business podcasts or books, you've probably heard something similar to this as far as it can cost five times more to attract a new customer than it does to retain an existing one. The other thing that I thought was interesting here is they note some research that they did that shows increasing customer retention rates by 5% increases profits by 25 to 95%. Wow. Which, yeah, I, I said, wow, when I read that, that was the first time I had seen that. Um, so we'll link, of course, to these studies so that you can read the research yourself um, in the show notes for this episode. But I thought that was pretty impactful. I mean, so we want to make sure that we're hitting it out of the ballpark when it comes to customer service. Yeah, I mean, I think we we kind of know that, you know, in the back of our head, I think we've all been in a place where sometimes we're trying to provide a really good service and you know capacity becomes an issue and we're really not servicing our clients the way we need to or should be and i think we kind of know at the time you know that it's happening and so i think it's really important to have that as a center focus for you know providing services always stop and make sure that you're providing a good service because there's really you know there's nothing that speaks louder than your actions in providing that service right it's the easiest way to get referrals it's the easiest way to make a customer happy, provide a really good service. And, you know, the rest kind of falls in place, which I think is kind of what that's saying, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you can do this a little bit better, the impact is huge. Right. So I, right. I can see how that comes to, to fruition. But yeah, the numbers are, are surprising. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I think not only referrals, but repeated business, cross-selling, right. upselling, because once you develop that trust with somebody, you're able to expand that out. You know, yeah. they, they come to you with more questions and you're, you're their person, right? You're their expert yeah. when it comes to whatever the topic is. Yeah. Um, you start to build that trust, right? Mm-hmm. And service businesses, as we'll talk about a little bit more later, I think, trust is really important. And so anything you can do to build that and follow through and doing what you say you're going to do, you know, builds that trust. Yeah. It's amazing how big a deal that is. (laughs) You would think that that's just a given, but uh, (laughs) it's, it is a big deal when you can find somebody that actually follows through and does those things. Yep. So we want to talk first about just overview. How do you create raving fans in your business? What are some things that you can start with? Yeah. And we, you know, in preparing for this, talk a little bit about that, but the first step is to deliver the best service possible you can. So, you know, what, what are you providing to them, whether it's a service or product product and making sure you're doing it, you know, with good communication, you're doing it timely, you're answering questions, you're providing the good service. And when you do all those things, that's, you know, that's step one, right? If you don't do those things, you're not even going to create halfway interested fans or okay, you know, right. fans at all, like let alone raving fans. So I feel like you really want to deliver the best service. And again, you're never going to be perfect. It's, you know, there's going to be things that come out up, but if you are doing your best to provide that really good service, making sure you have the attention and time to, you need to do what you need to do and just kind of integrate that into your culture, into your training. And that's just something, you know, that you have. One of our core values is to be service oriented. You know, our goal is to provide a service to the client, you know, based on what they need or what we think they need too. Sometimes the client doesn't even realize what, you know, what they may need or what discussions they need to have. So it's our, you know, responsibility if we're trying to do a great job in providing excellent service to, to not only provide the service, be proactive, have conversations with the client, go above and beyond their expectations. I know I deal with a lot of different clients and, you know, they get really frustrated when their tax people can't get back to them during tax time. And while they understand it's a busy time, they still have questions and, and you know, things that they need information for. And so, you know, you start to see that in other perspectives, like, oh, they're very frustrated because I can't get a hold of the tax person you know, because it's a busy time, but is that person overextending themselves and they don't have time to do, you know, the actual work plus service their clients. And so it's not something that doesn't probably happen to almost everyone. I know we've been in a situation in past years where you just kind of keep taking on the work, taking on the work, and then realize, wait a minute, <laughs> we need to stop. We're, our service is declining because we keep taking on work, but we don't really have the correct capacity to do the work. And so I think it's really important and clients can feel that and they can see that pretty easily. So it's better to have fewer clients that you're giving quality work to versus lots of clients that you're sort of doing a pretty okay job for. And at least that's one one of the things we shifted our focus on. You know, we wanted less clients and better quality work. And so that's important. And I think, you know, that starts to speak to your client base and they have that feeling of, wow, I'm important people respond like, wow, you respond to me so quickly, or you're always available for questions. And it doesn't mean I'm always available, but I stop everything I'm doing, but I respond. (laughs) Hey, I'm not in the office today. I'll take a look at this tomorrow. You know, we just have good communication. So, I mean, it it starts simply with providing good quality service. And I, 
I like what you said when you were explaining that too. I want to pick that little tidbit out because you said something to the effect of you, you don't have time to service the client in addition to doing the work. Because I think a lot in, when it comes to service-based businesses, you think of you're serving your client by doing the work, right? But that's mm-hmm. not the only thing. They're going to have questions. They're going to need you to communicate what's going on throughout the process. You don't want to forget about that because that's truly what's going to build that rapport and that relationship with the client. Not only, hey, yeah, all the work's done and being reliable, but I'm here to answer questions. I'm here to ask you the right questions and to actually think ahead and proactive. So that's important. And how do we do that in a way that's effective and impactful? We have to understand where the customer is coming from and understand their perspective. So what are some tips that you have on, on ways to do that? Right. Yeah. And I think this is important and I'm sure we've talked about it previously, but really knowing who your target market is, because if you bring in clients that aren't your target market and really clients that you can't necessarily service well, you know, you're setting yourself up to fail and you don't really want to do that. So, you know, if you have a certain niche, you want to make sure you understand what that niche is so that you are set up from the beginning, you know, to succeed. If you have a certain niche in an industry, you know, but then take clients outside that industry you know, you can do that, but that may cause for issues in providing a good service, right? I don't know. I'm not familiar with the terminology there. I'm not, you know, doesn't mean you can't do the service because a lot of times the service is not totally different per industry, but there may be some things you add value to in those niches that you're focused on. And so, you know, you really want to kind of define that target that who are you looking to help because it makes it easier because then you can provide that service you know, without such, you know, hard work or so much more time that you have to invest. And then it starts to like, again, impact the client because now they're not getting answers because you have to do a lot more research. So getting the right clients from the beginning can really help you to provide the services to a level of expectations that you have and that your clients will really appreciate. Yeah. And I think that's important and laying the groundwork from the beginning. In addition to that, and some of the things come before you're even giving the service, even providing the service, like finding the right client, right? That's, you're not even doing anything at that point. That's part of the process of building up your clientele. Right. But in addition to that, once you do find the right client, there's some groundwork that you can lay before you still, before you start the work. Tell us a little bit about how you approach the setup or before you start working with a client. Well, I think it's, as we've talked about in a lot of aspects of business is communication is really important. So you really want that client to understand, you know, your services and what the expectations of the services you're going to provide to them and set their expectations so that they know what they're getting. You're both on the same page, lay that out very clearly in any kind of proposal or statement of work or engagement letter, whatever you're using so that it is clearly laid out what you're doing for them and the timeline, if that's something that's important, so that everybody's on the same page and that the communication is good from the beginning. Because again, providing a good service also has to do with communication. You know, they don't always need the answer right now, but they need to know you're looking into it or on it or in communication with them. So again, just being clear about expectations from the beginning can really set you up for success. Good. Good. And then on the business side, or when it comes to your team, are there any additional 
things that you can do to help make this process go smoothly? Yeah. So within your firm, you want to make sure that, first of all, you have capacity to take on those clients. You know, if you don't have capacity, while you might not want to say no to business, you don't want to bring on business that you can't service to the standards that you expect and to give them quality service. So you might have to, you know, let them know, hey, we're not going to have any capacity for another month. Maybe that person goes away, but maybe not. But you're at least clearly communicating with them, you know, the expectation. So making sure you have capacity within your company. Do you need to hire more people because you have more workload coming in? What is the timing of that? Are you bringing in people at the right times so that you can continue to bring in new clients without a lot of pain in between. And that's really important. And training your staff and your team to to provide the level of service that you expect and that you want to have for your for your clients is really important. They your team members come in and they're gonna do something, you know, that they feel might be good, but you need to train them to know, hey, here's what we expect. Here's how quickly you should respond to your clients when they reach out. Here's what we expect for this. Here's the timing on this. If you can't meet deadlines, you need to be communicating very clearly and early to your clients. So what is that training to set those, you know, your team members up for success? Because it can't all be on you, the business owner. You have a team and you need everybody to be on the same page with that. And then also kind of making sure on the back end that, you know, you have some quality control, making sure that these things are in fact happening. We do have a good, clear engagement letter and statement of work proposals to the client. And we do train our team and they understand what's happening, you know, double checking that that's happening. Or if you're running into errors, which, you know, may happen, like people just didn't totally know how to handle something that you're, you know, you're addressing that issue, training that person up so that they're successful the next go round. So I think, you know, that's really important as well. And you just want to have, again, the culture in your in your business that that's important. Servicing the client is one of our number one, you know, factors. We're thinking about that all the time. We're making sure that we're making the client happy. We're working hard to provide a good service. We're communicating with them. And again, we have core values surrounding that. So if you don't have core values set up, that can be something hey, we're talking about this, we're thinking about it, this is something that's core to who we are. So if that doesn't resonate with you, this may not be the right place. This is what we're trying to do. And this is the expectation we have of every team member that comes on, that you have the same desire to produce a really great service, a really great product. Perfect. And like you mentioned, we're all human, right? There's going to be mistakes that happen, especially if you're bringing new people on and you're going through the training process, you can't grow your business without doing it. It's it's necessary, but you're going to come across those situations where something doesn't quote, go quite right. And no matter how many quality controls you have, sometimes the client is going to see that and may be unhappy. So what do we do when we have to cross that bridge? Yeah, well, it's really important that we evaluate the situation and you know, we always want to try to make things right, regardless of what the answer may be. You need to be honest with them, you know, have discussions about that, communicate with them. Maybe the client just didn't understand what the expectations of of their, you know, responsibility or their role was going to be within your firm or what you would expect. You know, some people think, oh, I'm going to hire them. They're taking care of it all. I'm just stepping out. You know, I'm not going to handle that. And if that becomes an issue, again, you want to make, make sure that you're clear about what the issue is, but you always really want to 
make it right. You know, if you have made a mistake in, in an evaluation of what you thought something was going to cost and maybe it costs more money, you want to be upfront about that and have that discussion. Like this is a lot more work than we anticipated. Here are the things that we're running into that we didn't know about. This is why the fee is going to be higher. Having that open communication and being honest and having integrity behind it is, you know, again, is your fallback. And some people may take that in a, hey, you're upselling, you're trying to do more, you're trying to raise my prices. But if you're doing it from a place of, hey, we're trying to service you in a way that we know you need to be serviced so that your you know, work is being done well and properly, then that's, you know, you just need to, have to come from the right place, right? We're trying to help the client. We're trying to service them. And if we're trying to do things in their best interest, regardless of the perspective they may take it from, you know, we're just trying to make them understand communicate with them and get them the product that they need or the service that they need, you know, and make things right. If there was something on our end that we didn't do properly, there's definitely going to be things that happen. Do you charge the client too early than they, you know, earlier than they expected and they're upset or you charge too much accidentally. They thought it was being spread out over a couple of months and you charge them all together because that was your understanding. Essentially you want to do anything you can to make it right. You want to make sure the client's happy. And especially if there was an error on your side, whether it's, you know, hey, actually, we'll, you know, we'll credit you the full amount and we'll charge you, you know, we won't charge you for another month and give you some extra time and, you know, apologize for the timing, explain what happened. Also, you want to make sure on your side of things that you're correcting whatever may have happened. You know, oh, we skipped some steps in our checklist of making sure we're following the engagement letter to a T and we just did what we typically do, you know, like we typically do it this way and we didn't realize there was a change. And so at the end of the day, you really just want to make sure that you correct the problem, make your client happy, you know, anything that is within your power. At the very least, you want to get back to the terms that were agreed upon, but you might want to go above and beyond and do a little bit more to help that client out since you made an error. And those, you know, those clients will appreciate that typically understand it. I mean, I know, know we've had issues where, We've just charged different amounts or, you know, they're kind of like, wait, why are you charging me this? What is this? You know, always trying to be communicative about things that are changing and the kind of outside the norm um, right. and letting them know about it in advance can help too. But things are going to happen no matter what, no matter how, how hard you try, you know, things happen, things get keep moving and, you know, you don't realize the timing of something happening. And so it's just important to communicate and make it, make it right for the client so that they understand, hey, we didn't do that intentionally. That's not how we usually do things. Let's make it right so that you feel better about this situation. Yeah. And I like what you said about kind of getting in front of the issue too, if you can, like proactively communicating, hey, X, Y, Z, this is why the cost has changed. Or, you know, that's that's a good tip too. Obviously you can't do that in every single situation, but if you can get ahead of it at all, it's it's always good to to try to be on top of the communication when it comes to that. And essentially in doing all of these things and all this groundwork that we're laying in, you know, trying to make things right. If something does come up, what we're trying to avoid is becoming that horror story that everyone has experienced. And you tell your friends about, oh my gosh, I'll never shop there again. Or, oh my gosh, I'm never eating there again. This is what happened. Blah, blah, blah. You know, everyone has that horror story. So no one wants to become that. And we want to avoid that at, at all costs. <laughs> Yes, I, I agree with that. I mean, again, you're never going to be perfect, but you definitely don't want to be the avoid them. Don't go to them. Right. This is what they did to me and they didn't fix it or, you know, things like that. So right, right. I agree completely. 
All right. So now we want to talk about some ways. Once you've started the the service and, and you're working with that client, what are some ongoing ways that you can help deliver extraordinary customer service? So let's talk about customer feedback because I love this topic and it it helps make something more tangible out of something that's a little hard to grasp at times because it's it's an opinion, right? So it's something that someone thinks about your company and that's hard to measure sometimes. And this gives a good way to kind of put a number and wrap your mind around it. Yeah, so we've talked about, you know, customer feedback is really important. And sometimes customers will give you that feedback directly. They'll tell you, wow, I love work, you know, working with you. You're totally helping me out. I have a few clients who always are like, thank goodness you're helping me deal with this because this is a disaster and I don't have time. <laughs> so like you hear it, you know, from time to time. But if you're overseeing a team, you may not be hearing it about your team or staff. Like, hey, who's giving feedback or this, you know, this team member is doing, you know, an amazing job. And so, you know, it's really important to ask for that customer feedback and track that feedback and get a sense for what your customers are thinking. So, you know, you may know if it's going well or if it's not going well, but that's just the ones you are working on. And so it's really important to get a sense for everybody within your firm. So, you know, you want to get that customer feedback and there's lots of different ways to go about that. And Megan, you know, as we are just rolling out kind of you know, a survey to our customers to get a sense for how things are going. We don't want it to be a long survey that's asking them all kinds of detailed questions, but we just want to get a sense. So that way our customers or clients have an opportunity to say, hey, you know, they can raise a red flag and say, I'm not real happy with something and here's what it is, you know, and then we have the ability to address it. If you don't ask, you never know. And then they just leave and you have no idea why necessarily. So we're starting to roll that out. We've seen that be successful for a lot of different businesses. And so it makes sense that if you have a little bit more of a pulse on on what they're thinking and what they like and don't like, that can make you change your business to make sure that you're, again, servicing your clients and keeping them at the top of mind. Yeah. Yeah. And there's different approaches to how you can go about getting customer feedback. There's not necessarily a right or a wrong way. I think as long as you're doing something, it's better than nothing. What we've started doing is on a monthly basis, we reach out to our clients and it's completely voluntary. You know, it's not a required thing, but I think it just helps open the door for that communication. So like you said, they have the opportunity at that point, which maybe they don't feel comfortable raising an issue or necessarily, some people don't like giving compliments. Some people are uncomfortable saying you've done a really good job to that person's face, but they'll write a little comment. Um, about something exceptional that happened that month. So it just opens that door for communication, regardless of if it's good, bad, moderate. It gives you an opportunity to kind of shed some light on what they might be thinking and an opportunity to measure it from month to month or year after year. You then have some data to look at and see what is what is the trend? Are we getting, are we improving? Are, do we need to improve? Where are some areas that we can improve? There's a lot that you can do with those. And I could talk about customer feedback in an entire episode as far as the different approaches, but we'll put some links as well to some different tools that you can use and some different approaches that you could use if you're interested in implementing that in your business too. Yeah. And I think it's important, again, if you are the owner or you and a partner are the owners and dealing with all the clients, you may have a pretty good sense of that, right? But if you start to scale and bring on a team, that's where you 
sometimes lose mm-hmm. a little bit of that, you know, connection because you're not the one performing the service. Now, somebody may come to you if they're really ticked off, <laughs> you know, if, like somebody's being very, you know, inconsiderate or, you know, not professional, like they'll probably bring that up, but they're not going right. to bring up smaller issues in between. And those are the things you, you know, you may be able to resolve simply like, hey, the cash flow is, you know, it's changing and like your fees are a little bit high, like, oh, well, can we split that up into a few different payments? Would that help you? Like, is there something we can do to make it easier so that it's a win-win for us? Right. Again, getting that customer feedback and being able to kind of resolve some issues that might be minor, but again, may cause a client to just leave because they're not asking or, or digging into that issue. So I think it's a really great tool that, you know, businesses can have to evaluate how their customers are feeling and how things are going. Exactly. And I, and I like that approach within our own firm. As far as looking at it as opportunities to grow or improve, it should never be, well, who's who's doing a terrible job and finger pointing and used as a tool. I think that creates just a, a terrible culture in a business when it becomes right. like finger pointing. Oh, someone got in trouble. Someone got a bad yeah. star. Um, yeah. It's just it, it gives I, I think opportunity, really. And you always want to know before the client leaves, right? If they're willing to communicate with you and there is an opportunity to fix something or to work with them or to be more flexible or whatever it may be, you are you have knowledge of that before they just walk out the door. It's not all of a sudden, oh, I found another firm I'm leaving. So I think that's a, a good point that you brought up too. All right. The next thing that we want to talk about is establishing a guarantee, Yeah. So a lot of times, you know, places will give a guarantee, maybe a money back guarantee. You know, it's a little bit easier with a product. If you have a product that isn't working or functioning, you can replace that product. It's fairly straightforward guarantee. And the service industry is a little bit more complicated because, you know, if you're providing a bad service, they may not want the service provided by you again, a second time necessarily. They just Mm -hmm. don't want that. So it's a little bit trickier within the service industry, but you know, you can establish kind of a money back guarantee. Um, but you should, again, always be com- having conversations with your client and having a sense you don't get to the end point and not know, <laughs> right? right? You're um, touching base periodically. I mean, in a service industry, it's really important to build the trust, especially in those first few meetings, the first few months, um, because the trust is really what sets you apart within a service business. Mm-hmm. If they feel that they're being heard. They feel like you've done everything you said you're going to do. You know, that trust just continues to build. And then they feel like, hey, I'm getting what I wanted. I'm glad I've chosen you over somebody else because you're doing what you say you're going to do. Like we said at the beginning, it seems obvious, but I know a lot of people and a lot of businesses that can't fulfill on what they say they're going to do. Mm -hmm. They can't fulfill the timing. They can't fulfill the product. And so in order to make your customer happy, you need to really be able to do what you say you're going to do on the timeline you say, or communicate if those things are changing. I know one client came to us and was like, I just can't get responses from this other group that I was trying to work with. But every time I've you know reached out to you, I've gotten a response pretty timely. You know, those are things that you can't really quantify necessarily, Right. Um, can't really put in a guarantee, but those are the things you can slowly build trust with the client and they can see the difference without you having to tell them without, you know, having to guarantee anything. And that's one of my happiest clients. I mean, he would sometimes be like, Hey, are you sure I'm paying you enough? Like you're taking care of all these things for me. (laughs) 
I feel, you know, like, and then you have other clients too that are like, you know, they feel like you're not, you know, those are, that's where you try to figure out what's my target, who mm-hmm. appreciates the work and needs the service because it's saving, you know, it's saving them so much time. It's such a benefit to them versus other people who might have a different perspective, you know, like, Hey, wait, you're charging for what? Right. You know, like it's different perspectives. So I think the biggest and most important area, quote unquote, guarantee, you know, is just building that trust and doing what you say you're going to do, because that's, you know, that's how you're going to start the relationship. And if you're really looking for long term relationships, there's nothing more important than building that trust from day one. Agreed. So like you said, about, (laughs) it seems obvious, (laughs) but we have to actually be, be able to deliver on what we're promising from the get-go. I think that's very important detail. Yeah, it seems like we shouldn't have to say it out loud. Right. (laughs) But again, a lot of people, you know, especially business owners, put their head down, go to work, go to work, get new clients, get new clients. And you look up and you're like, we don't have enough people to do all this work. Mm -hmm. You know, like you just kind of are doing it and you're not stopping to evaluate the situation. So you really want to stop and evaluate. Are you able to deliver the quality service that you want to be delivering? If not, stop, evaluate, don't take clients for a month while you take that time, right? Like just take a moment. If you're in business to provide that quality service, you want to be sure that that's what you're doing. And while it may be hard to stop and not take clients and, you know, it's really important to evaluate that and make sure you know, your level of service, not just from yourself, but your entire team is hitting the expectations you have set. And if they're not, you need to make some changes so that, again, you're being service oriented, your focus is on the client, getting them what they need, make them a satisfied client. And again, building the trust is is the biggest key to that. If you bring people on, don't have time to, to do their work, they're going to notice that right away. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, I haven't been able to get a hold of them for two weeks. They don't respond to my emails you know, for several weeks, like I can't get answers done. Like that's a frustration from the client's perspective and one you don't want your clients to be having. So, you know, make sure that you can deliver what you are promising. Yeah. And especially if your goal is to ultimately continue building the business larger and larger, you may think, well, I've laid the foundation. I have my processes in place, but building a business is an evolving process. It's, it's something that you may need to come back to and figure out, okay, well, is it still sustainable with what we're going after? So that's, it's something not to gloss over and something to maybe reassess from time to time, not just once. And then you charge forward for 10 years right? because it, you, the foundation may start to crumble if, if you're not paying attention to those things. Yeah. And if you're overwhelmed with, you know, too many clients or clients that aren't the right fit, go back to the target market. Are we really bringing in the types of clients we want to, Mm -hmm. you know, and making sure that's who you're accepting and you're saying no to the rest. It's a very difficult thing to do. You know, we went through this process a few years ago and it's hard, but I definitely, I was reading a book, (laughs) Selling to Serve by James Ashford. Mm. It had a lot of really great information. And I read through that book and it, and they just bring up the fact that it's hard to do these things, but it's also hard not to do these things. It's just a different hard. Right. Right. So it's like, is it hard to say no to certain clients? Yes. That's not comfortable necessarily. But when you bring in the clients that you didn't say no to, and then are dealing with them later, that's hard. And it's a hard on you. 
you know, and talking about, you know, if you're not charging enough, it's hard to charge a lot of money to people, you know, it's a little bit uncomfortable, but it's also hard to not charge a lot of money and eating all your time and effort. And so I think one of those things is it's hard to do some of these things, but you can choose your heart, Mm -hmm. right? If you, if your goal is to get as many clients in the door as possible, then that's a different perspective, right? Mm -hmm. If your goal is to provide a very high level quality of service, you can't do that for everybody. (laughs) You know, you can't take in a hundred new clients and expect that to stay. So you have to make those decisions. What do we want to do? How do we want to handle it? And while it can be difficult, to turn clients away at the beginning, if you focus on your target market, you're going to be happier in the long run. I can tell you now, it was not fun at the beginning Mm -hmm. to make those shifts, but in the long run, it's paying off and we're, we're seeing the benefits come to fruition, you know, down the line. And so you really have to make those kind of hard decisions up front. You know, you got to come back to what is your purpose? What is your strategy? you know, and making sure that everybody's in alignment in the leadership team at the top of your business and have that trickle all the way down through your whole team. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining me to have this discussion today. We will be linking all of the the research, those studies that we talked about with those percentages. So you can look at that, the tools as far as customer surveys and, and feedback, the books that we discussed, there's going to be a ton of resources for you in the show notes from the episode today. And you can find those at pjscpas.com forward slash seven, seven. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Keep that momentum going and we will see you next time. This has been another episode of the cultivating business growth podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please subscribe, rate and review. Gain access to additional free resources and learning opportunities by visiting pjscpas.com forward slash podcast.